The Spanish Announce Table. It is episode 415 of the Spanish Announce Table. It is December 29th, 2022. It is the last Spanish Announce Table of the year. The ninth or tenth time we've done one of these, Tom. And uh, so what we like to do is give a, well, well, we always love to give a dynamite recap when we do the show. And we're going to deliver that to you because you love that from us. We know. What we're also going to do is give you a rundown of the biggest things that happened in pro wrestling this year. We're talking a few news stories, some, some storyline events, et cetera, et cetera. Kind of give you the, the, here's what you may have forgot that you should remember about 2022. And then the thing everybody's waiting for. It's the Table Awards. I don't think we've ever gotten a great name for these. The 2022 Tables. And we're going to deliver, uh, I think, best matches of the year, top five matches of the year. We're going to do best moment, worst moment, best male wrestler, best female wrestler, right? Some stuff like that. Stay tuned for all of that. Of course, if you're live with us on the YouTube, please chat with us. Talk to us. Be our wrestling friends. We need some friends, right? I mean, it's just me and Tom. We can get on each other's nerves. We need some wrestling friends. You know what I'm saying? You ain't lying. And as you mentioned, we've got a great rundown. So let's not waste any more time. Let's get right let's to not. it. Let's not. Because last night's uh, AEW Dynamite show, in my opinion, is one of the best ones of the year. And it was just jam-packed moment for moment, match for match, as top quality entertainment in the pro wrestling world. And it kicked off with a banger. It started with the American Dragon. Brian Danielson taking on all ego, Ethan Page. Uh, Tim, this opening contest, what did you think about it? Uh, great. I like that AEW will do this, right? They will come swinging out the gate with one of the better matches on the card, if not the best one, to just get you rocking and rolling, to be as, as white-sounding as I can. And it just was fun, right? I, I like we've also got, that you did not mention, MJF is up in the suite with somebody who's not his fiance saying, I found the only attractive girl in Denver, Colorado, uh, to, you know, to just shit talk Brian Danielson. And then Ethan Page gets the uh, advantage while Danielson's focused on that. And then he leans in and he's like, ah, oh, you know, MJF's up there going, oh, I thought you were the greatest in the world. What happened? You know, uh, luckily we didn't get a whole Booker T or Scott Hall. <laughs> you know what I mean? Commentates the whole match. They, they ended that, and then uh, it, I even liked that Ethan Page was like, hey, fuck you, man. You know what I mean? Like, shut the fuck up. I can do this. I don't Fuck off. Fuck off. You don't need my help. I don't need yours. Yeah, I thought it was really good. I thought uh, they did this a lot better than when I think it was Hangman versus John Moxley before the concussion happened. I believe that was the match where Correct. MJF yeah, I think was you're right. also in the yeah. skybox but every three seconds it was what's mjf doing and mjf to the point was like nothing stop showing me right like i'm checking so, my watch to see when the segment ends motherfucker so i thought they handled it way better this time again peeking behind the curtain i think that new hire that everyone's so ec ecstatic about uh, as far as from the production side is helping and this was example a b and c as far as how they've gotten better uh because yeah you didn't see mjf a million times you saw him when you need to he was up there he was being an obnoxious heel and he was doing his thing to your point ethan page was also like hey i don't fucking like the guy either like he's a prick to us too so fuck that guy i also liked a couple other things uh so brian danielson gets the victory here by submission so two things i liked is one 
Stokely Hathaway just committing to the character, wearing a hat down to the ring because of comments made from Danielson last week. And then if you caught this, Danielson beats Ethan Page with the STF, the step over toe hold face crank or whatever it's called. That's the regal stretch, the William regal stretch. So here he is still paying respects to the people, to the person who, you know, mentored him, a person that he looks to as like a father figure. And it's not as if William Regal did his last goodbyes and now we just wipe our hands of him and he's never existed again. We're still playing into the reason why Danielson doesn't like MJF is for what MJF did to Regal. And so Danielson's going to show MJF, hey, motherfucker, remember what I learned from Regal? This is going to be you. And so we beat him with the Regal stretch, the STF. And I thought that was a cool point of how they ended. That is a great point. That is a great point, Tom. Uh, I think we need a nailed it t-shirt. Nailed it. it. Yeah, right? We just got a shirt that said Mm -hmm. nailed it. Would you buy that? Let us know if you're in the chat on the YouTube. Let us know if you would buy that. Hit us up on Twitter at Table Show. Yeah, tell us if you like this idea for a concept, too. It's a hammer, and then it says nailed it in the form of a nail. Boom. Nailed Nailed it. it. With our logo, right. of course, so that you can tell people who we are and how much you Fox. love us, how much you adore us. So after the match, Wardlow is interviewed backstage, but before he could even really say anything, mm-hmm. Joe blindsides him, Samoa Joe, that is, yeah. with a steel pipe and hits him in the leg. Says, wop, wop. Remember that, bitch? Yeah. Because later in the night, they are going to be our main event. So it looks like maybe Wardlow can't make it to the match. So takes him out, hits him in the leg. Yeah, the best part of this is Joe, and one of the most sociopathic things he can do is just like, I did this to you. I did this to you. I did this to you. <laughs> just like, oh, yeah, we it. know. <laughs> no, we it's get great. It. Yeah, I love it. Samoa Joe. I mean, we'll get to it when we get to the main event, but I, Samoa Joe can do no wrong as a heel. Even as a baby face, that indestructible, like, you know, immovable object kind of baby face that he could do is great. But when he's a heel like this and what we'll talk about in the main event, chef's kiss, it's impeccable, but we come back from commercial and Hankman Adam page is still getting checked out this week by the doctors to see if he can get cleared. And Renee Paquette walks up and is like, Hey, Hankman, let's get a word about your medical status. And he instantly almost cuts her off, but quickly answers. Oh, of course you would want to know alluding to the fact that Renee is married to John Moxley. Hangman doesn't like John Moxley. I do like, though, that Hangman quickly gathered himself and it's like, I'm sorry, I was being rude. So he didn't do the double down of like, no, everyone is an enemy. Like, sometimes you get that wrestling trope of like the, the good guy yeah. then just says me against the world. He's like, no, 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 I was being a prick there. We but all say also- things we don't mean in the moment. Or maybe, you know, we kind of thought yeah. it, maybe a minute, but like, like, I, I would have never said that. Yeah. So I liked how he caught himself. That was, again, the hangman complexities and the subtleties of who he is as a good guy oh, is great. what makes him the best good guy yeah. in the world. So I like this, except, you know, I did. I, for me, it was just a little too choreographed, right? Like Johnny Hungies, like, oh, he, she didn't say Moxley, she said Foxley. Like, that kind of fell a little flat for me. So did Hangman yeah. being like, as soon as they mentioned Moxley, he's almost Festus-like, where he's like, <laughs> right? Like, it was like, okay, guys, this was a little too forced, if you will. But other than that, like, it still follows their characters. It is what it is. But, you know, I, I, I would give it a C plus, right? The thing that I would have fixed with this is I would have had Hangman ask the doctor hey 
there's a big show in two weeks. Could I get cleared in time? And then for the doctor to say, you're trending that way instead of, well, it looks like mm-hmm. two weeks. You Like that's yeah, the big event. Maybe he's like, you know? yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> right. Like, yeah, we'll get you there in two weeks. Almost kind of like Raymond's like, are, are you being real? You know what I mean? He's like, yeah, just yeah. keep working where, just, you know, maybe we don't know for sure, but yeah, not yeah. just where it's like, it oh, it just so convenient. happens to be yeah. in time with, yeah, it was a little, uh, that's what I meant. A lot of this was a little easy. A lot of but, like, oh, this will work. But again, right. they can't but all be also, home runs. These were singles. Yeah. Right? Well, also, it wasn't meant to be the the signature yeah, moment the of the promo of the night. Yeah. So, and it wasn't meant to be that either. So, uh, you know, it, it was fine. Um, but then we get into the ring. We get the Blackpool Combat Club consisting of Claudio and Moxley taking on Top Flight. And this was great. Again, another good example of how you can have veterans with young talent and assuming that both all four of them in this case want to work together, they will make it work together. And I just thought the blending of styles, that hard hitting Blackpool combat style meeting the top flight jumps and flips and stuff was really fun. Yeah. I, I like that too. The, the contrast of styles, I think made that we said styles make fights. Right. And it, it helped there. What otherwise, you know, didn't really have a story behind it other than, you know, this is just tag team match, which again, if we're to believe, you well, know, if we're going to the kayfabe world and we're watching a, a professional fighting organization, there's going to be some things that don't have a storyline, right? This is just, well, this does, this is matches. Well, this does. Yeah. I mean, this does because last week top flight eliminated both guys out of the $300,000 yeah. battle Royal. So, okay. All right. Yeah. So there's a, there's a connecting thing there, but right. um, to me, I like at the end with like Claudio, just like, Looking like anybody that, you know, steps to him is is going to get a punch to the taint. You know what I mean? Like, he yeah, was in it. Was, he was feeling himself. That was the only miss for me, to be honest. Oh, really? Because, right, yeah. yeah, because of who he is. It didn't make sense. Top Flight didn't low blow him. Top Flight didn't do a crotch chop to say, like. No reason for him to get that angry. Huh? Yeah, there was no reason for him to just bully well maybe if we so, just get away from him being the nice guy mm-hmm. now that would be good but it wasn't consistent with his character now again if this is him playing switch, a guy of being like what are you gonna do to me have you seen me have you heard me like you know i mean if he just started being like hey you want to go you want to get swung motherfucker like mm-hmm. what are you gonna do to me right like hey i wouldn't hate that i don't know if he's got it in him but well, honestly, one thing that I left with this match thinking is, as you mentioned, Blackpool Combat Club gets the victory with the uppercut, and then um, Moxley does his uh, paradigm shift on the outside. Uh, I honestly wouldn't hate, because of this trios title, you got the Young Bucks going that way. You obviously now have Death Triangle going the way of trios champions and stuff like that. You may need a little replenishment of your tag team division if MJF is going to go with the Eddie Kingston, Brian Danielsons of the world, Moxley and Claudio going after tag team championships, I wouldn't hate it. I wouldn't hate that either. That's a good thing to also WWE as much as we, you know, shit on them for their booking practices over the years. I think a thing that we never noticed was good was they can take a star main eventer and keep them busy in a tag team situation right with a tag team title run or something Mm -hmm. 
and keep them out of the like, well, of course, what you know, X, Y, Z would go in and, and win every match. Like it, they don't have to then go on the losing circuit for a while, right? So yeah, I wouldn't hate that idea. Um, you know, I don't think it'll. I don't, know. I don't think it'll happen because currently Claudio is your Ring of Honor heavyweight champion, so True he that. has business too busy. To go there. Yeah, but but what do you fans think? Chat with us live on the YouTube, of course, uh, and stay tuned. Later, we're going to uh, cover a 2022 year in review and give our table awards. Best yeah, of, definitely. right? But anyway, back to the dynamite recap, Tom. Yeah. So then we get into honestly the most odd and interesting thing, in my opinion, of the whole night. And it was kind of almost a throwaway line, but the friction and tension is really what captivated me. And what I'm talking about is backstage best friends and Kip Sabian are being interviewed and Kip Sabian is essentially saying like, Hey, orange Cassidy, we're going to close this chapter because, uh, you know, you eliminated me and all this stuff. So I went to all Atlantic championship. And then Trent was like, you know, actually I eliminated you. So with your logic, I would get the championship match. And then Orange Cassidy is like, yeah, okay, yeah, let's do that. Yeah. And Trent, this is where it got interesting. Trent was like, you sure you want to do that? And Orange Cassidy's like, yeah, I don't care. Yeah, Orange Cassidy, true to character. He's like, yeah, whatever, man. But this might get him burned, right? Because anytime the cards are down, the chips are down, whatever your you know phrase is that you want to use there, the best friends had his back. Not to say that Trent would ever do anything dastardly to get the upper hand, but could this cause friction between best friends and orange Cassidy? Um, no, but here's what I would do. Right. So orange Cassidy doesn't necessarily cheat in his matches, but he does some things that are definitely non-traditional and outside of the realm of anything else you see in any other pro wrestling match that his opponents are off to complain about. Right. Like, Hey, what the hell is this guy doing? Right. Fucking hands in the pockets or putting on the sunglasses or fucking, Doing a doohickey off of the top of the what, right? Like doing something weird. So if he's going to do something like that to mess with Trent, but Chuck were to prevent him from doing so, thus him being like, hey, bro, what's the deal? And then, whap, Trent takes advantage of the moment, and then we get a little bit of a riff because now Trent's standing there like, hey, I'm the All-Atlantic champion. And Orange Cassidy's like, whatever. But maybe we don't believe his whatever it's gonna be interesting could be very interesting could be some of the best storytelling we've had but i don't know if they'll go this route i think it's more of a special attraction first Mm -hmm. time they've ever wrestled in AEW. i think that's the route they're going however if they do want to go with the storyline i think there is some legs to stand on but hey let's give trent some love you've been shouting it from the mountaintops trent is utility player number one yeah Oh, he is, as much as John Moxley is the true heart and soul MVP of AEW, and that is not to be, you know, questioned at that main event level. In my opinion, Trent is that at the mid-card level. If you need a match with Will Ospreay, Pac, Kenny Omega, Hook, you know, whoever it is, Trent will do it. Tom, uh, I just, this, everybody needs to stay tuned for our 2022 Uh, year-end table awards where we give you the best of some key categories here of the year that was pro wrestling 2022 but right now on the spot i think i just came up with a consensus new award tom for 2022 that we're gonna have a consensus agreement on the 2022 workhorse of the year it's trent i believe so honestly I mean, again, you could argue at the main event level that is for john moxley but john moxley bianca belair might be a uh 
one that yeah. you throw in there? I mean, she's been there yeah. at every turn all year, mm-hmm. never hurt, never throwing a fit. Yeah. Oh, you know what I mean? Holding titles or not, like that there's an argument there. I think these are the contenders, but Trent Trent I think is Trent the one. Is has been in so many things. So many yeah. things. He could he could, I mean literally think about the resume just this year. He's had matches with Moxley and Will Ospreay and FTR and the Young Bucks. I mean, just all of them. And then even in the tags, you know, he's done all that stuff. But we'll, we're getting off track. Let's get back on track here. Stay tuned uh, for the back. table awards. Definitely. So we get back uh, in the ring. Balaam Link, Links. Balaam Links. Nailed it. Nailed it. Nailed it. Took on Hook. And Hook absolutely murdered this poor bastard. I mean, Love it. submission by Red Rum. And that's what it needed to be. Where it got fun, though, Stokely Hathaway walks down with uh, Lee and old, I'm not calling him Big Bill. It says it here, but I'm calling him Morrissey. And he cuts a promo on Hook. Yeah, Morrissey. Cuts a a promo on Hook saying uh, he's the Southwest Airlines of pro wrestling because he isn't reliable. It's fun. But the payoff was when Morrissey, stares down at hook inside the ring and right hook is like it's like i don't care yep like what are you gonna do to me and everyone lost their mind side note we'll get back into this match real quick or this post match real quick the crowd last night was outstanding oh yeah another awesome crowd for aw that yeah, the definitely Christmas spirit yeah because this moment could have easily just been like Okay, a big guy and a short guy. But when the crowd got excited, it got me excited, and I go, "Well, fuck! I want to see Hook throw this bastard." It's the simplicity the of it. Morrissey, not Big Bill. Morrissey is much better suited in this moment. He's not saying much, but he's just flexing on a chump because look at the man, right? Like mm-hmm. he looks like he was sculpted by Michelangelo. He's humongous. And you would be intimidated if he was doing that to you. I mean, you know, maybe not Tom. Yeah. Tom's tough. But, and then you've got Hook, who is just everybody's favorite. Bitch, I don't give a, whatever, dude. I got chips to eat and girls to mm-hmm. call. Like, you are in the way, and let's do this. Loved it. Credit, Yeah, credit to both guys here, though, because Morrissey does get the choke. Not the choke slam, but gets him up, and then... Hook almost gets the T-bone suplex on Morrissey. So you at least got both. Yeah, pre- nobody both was necessarily people. like we could. Now yeah. we believe like, oh, now I want to see this match. Because now, right. like we talked about, who was it? Where we were just talking recently where uh, somebody comes in and starts to attack somebody. And he just gets the better of, oh, it's Keith Lee and the the damn mm-hmm. mogul entertainment fucks. <laughs> like the guy mm-hmm. comes in, he's like, ah, I'm here to beat you up. Keith Lee. And he's like, see ya. <laughs> and then the next guy comes in, he's like, see ya. And it takes the two of them. So yeah. I don't care to see him in a match with either of those folks, but here now I'm very interested in hook versus Morrissey Morrissey. Fuck this big bill. I ain't calling him. Uh, but before the segment ends, we get jungle boy, Jack Perry pulling a hacksaw, Jim Duggan and taking a two by four to the back of Morrissey. And then he chases off the rest of the firm. I don't know what this is. I like it though. (laughs) It's two young guys. Now here's what I would do. One thing with the firm and I get the firm fell flat as soon as CM Punk's whole all out post-match thing happened. And even he got injured. So I don't even know if the firm would have been able to do anything. If that altercation at, all out didn't happen, but 
one thing I would change is get get more of them together. It feels very like Ethan Page is with Brian Danielson and then Lee and Morrissey are with Hook. Like, no, all three of them should be after Danielson. And then in the next segment, all three of them should be uh, against Hook and then get the ass boys. Like, it feels too segmented. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's like mm-hmm. they're a group. Go back to the NWO days. And I'm not trying to say let's always do what was in the past. But one thing that was yeah, but it's realistic. Well, yeah, one thing that was interesting about the NWO is when they went after DDP, it was Kurt Henning, Buff Bagwell, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash. And then when they went after Sting, it was Kurt Henning, Buff Bagwell, Scott Hall, Kevin. Like it was always everyone. It wasn't just they were Rick ride or die. Two guys. Yeah, hey, it was all of them. Make a phone in. call. If we're gonna, if we're robbing this bank, we're all eating tonight. You know what I mean? So exactly. we're all robbing so, this bank tonight. You know yeah, what I mean? Let's I, do this. I want a little bit more of that because then the hook and Jungle Boy pairing would make a little bit more sense because it's, hey, I'm getting beat up by all of these guys. You're also getting beat up by all of these guys. So let's beat them all up, not just two guys where it's two on two. You know. Yeah. By the way, Spanish announced able does not condone robbing or condone robbing banks. Uh, public service announcement. Uh, I mean, Chiefs fans, as we are, need to pay attention. Here. Yeah, yeah. Don't be robbing need- banks. Don't rob Ill a bank. advised. So Chris Jericho cuts <laughs> a promo it. on Ricky Starks. Uh, yeah, Google that. Uh, Chris Jericho cuts a promo on Ricky Starks. Uh, he says, big mistake. And then he says, January 4th, uh, Ricky Starks, Chris Jericho, they're going to they're gonna fight and we're going to see what happens. So, yeah. cool. Fine. We come back from break. The mogul affiliates, as they're being called, are being interviewed backstage. And Shane Strickland is talking up how they took out Keith Lee. And then out of the blue, here comes Yuda. And Yuda's like, of course you would do this. And it was okay. Like, he held yeah. his own. Yeah, but I thought this I thought, was good. I thought Swerve saying, like, say less. Yeah. Okay, sure. Like, no, I loved both performances. And I like how this fits. Again, this is how you can... Nobody would have expected this storyline, I don't think. Nobody was like, oh, so now it's obviously going to go to Wheeler, Yuta, and Swerve Strickland. We are expecting Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee still having a saga here, right? But if maybe we're not getting there next week or whatever, I like these little offshoots, right? Wheeler, Yuta is the, hey, let's cause chaos, right? Like, he's getting a little bit of that edge right now, like, got something to prove, but also considers himself of, of being... You know, above this, right? Like, hey, it's about pro wrestling violence, right? Like, this is the Blackpool Combat Club kind of John Moxley, Danielson approach, right? Of like, hey, you don't need to do that. Just step in the ring and bloody somebody's face. That's all you need to do. And that's kind of what he's saying here. Like, of course you would do that. Like, you're going to sneak around instead of just showing up and fucking beating the shit out of the person, which is what now I'm going to do to you. So I liked that aspect of it. And yeah, Swerve Strickland just the whole time laughing at him. <laughs> it's the best. He's like, all right, man. And I, even his, even his, uh, you know, fucking fake Brock and, and not Tom McDonald over there are just like, kind of like, yeah, all right. I'm fucking dork. Like, now we're going to beat you up. Okay, great. And Yuda bringing up the fact that he was at Ring of Honor when uh, Swerve walked out mm-hmm. on Keith Lee. Makes sense that he would then see two things in a row. So it wasn't completely out of left field where, hey, I saw you do this mean thing to Keith Lee. He saw it back to back weeks. So, again, storyline wise, it makes sense that this would be on Friday. Uh, We'll see if it becomes a program. Until further notice, this mogul entertainment duo of Parker, whatever his fucking name is, and the not Tom McDonald, they're bebop and rock steady until further notice. 
What's that? That's the fucking Ninja Turtles two Nerd. villains, the Rhino and the fucking Nerd. yeah. Yeah, yeah. you are making fun yeah. of me because you knew what it was. That's why you set up that <laughs> joke. That's why you're like nerd. You knew what it was. You were just like, here, I'm gonna put this on the T. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, who's yeah. the nerd? You knew what it was. You already yeah. were like, oh, I'm waiting for this. <laughs> oh, but you've been like, oh, X-Men is the nerd. Okay. So then we it's did, because it's uh, the I remember it from thirteen. I haven't watched it since. Uh, I don't fucking... Okay. Oh yeah. <laughs> sure. Uh then we get match six of I may seven. or may not have Ninja Turtle bed sheets, so I don't know if I can talk about it. No one judges you. you know, <laughs> it sounds like you're judging me right now. Nah, I didn't, called me a nah, nerd. Like, hey, some <laughs> but not a judging a way, right? Yeah. 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 Some people pay a lot of money to get that nickname. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of nerds, uh Death Triangle and the Elite wrestle. And they don't wrestle in the ring. They start backstage because mm. this is a false count anywhere match. Yep. Very convenient, though, that the rest of the match after they start in the backstage stays in the ring. But that's just a small little... You know, Should have had a sit-in-the-chair match. Well, actually, you know, because this match felt like almost separate from all the other matches. There was no hammer, right? The hammer's been the thing that Death Triangle has used at every stop. Not to be seen in this match. Mm-hmm. This this felt more like, hey, I and again, I'm not knowing what's going on backstage but it seemed to me that potentially they aw said man this colorado market might be big for us so let's give them every fucking spot we can think of out of this six-man tag to get them to come back when we come back in four months or something because this was spot after spot after spot which was crazy the finish comes when Pac has matt jackson in his finisher but as he's doing that, Matt Jackson can see uh, Kenny Omega put Ray Phoenix in the one-winged angel. He hits that. One ref counts one, two, three before Matt Jackson can uh, tap out to the submission. Yeah. So we get the elite tying up with Death Triangle. What do you think of the whole thing? I feel like all of this is a smaller representation of the whole that is the elite. In that this best of seven should have been a best of five. We had enough written for a best of five, and we're going to stretch it into a best of seven. We're going to run a little long, and we're going to repeat some stuff. And that's what we get with the Young Bucks and the Elite a lot of times. Whenever you're taking any snapshot of them, that's kind of what I feel, right? It's like, hey, that was good, but you did it three times in the match, right? Like, we, it, it felt repetitive. Yeah. It felt over the top. And here, like, the thing with best of seven is, for me, I I understand, right? Best of seven in wrestling is that, like, hey, this is a feud to, like, show who's finally the best. Because in any given night, one of us can beat the other, so let's do a best of seven. But I just don't feel like this was a storyline that had built to that yet, right? And it just kind of feels... Kind of. If I I lay it out for you, I... you. you could get there. I think what failed, and this isn't necessarily anyone's fault, the effort to tell that wasn't executed properly. Mm. Because if you look to the history of AEW. Look, the Young Bucks and and the Lucha Bros had possibly the best cage match of all time. Right? The Iron Man match in Kansas City, in Independence, Missouri, the week of my wedding between Kenny Omega and Pac was one of their best matches of all time. Tony Khan still brings it up to this day in interviews. So, and again, we can also talk about Kenny Omega 
and Ray Phoenix. And then, you know, I could spell out the, the six of them sure. have wrestled each other a million times. Especially so, early days of AEW. Yeah. And then you say, hey, these are the only two champions that have ever existed for, with this title. Best of seven. So, again, we could get there, but it was it felt shotgunned. It felt, hey, that's what we're going to do. OK, cool. Well, you want to tell the story? Nope. Let's just get into it. Yeah, that's okay. the thing is the yeah. hangar story should have been the payoff and felt like that's what they were doing. But then mm-hmm. they paid that off last match. It felt like kind of maybe. Yeah. Well, that was kind of the payoff. It was like, okay, we've done this four times, fifth time. All bets are off. Use the hammer. I don't give a fuck. I'm going to bring a sledgehammer or whatever, right? Fine. Mm-hmm. But now we've got two more matches to do. Well, we did one. Like, so, yeah. Now yeah we well, one we did left. one. But, yeah, that's that's kind of how I felt about this. And that's kind of how it felt like it presented itself. So, you know, I fine. Say, though, it wasn't bad, obviously. Like, if you showed oh, it to anybody, they're going to be like, that was crazy good. You'll be like, yeah. yeah. And that's but so were I the other was, five. But that's what I think was good about this one is new market. Again, if you showed any casual fan what AEW is and you say, it's probably a little of this, they'd be like, well, fuck, I like that. So it didn't, it was not out of place. To your point, yeah, they did this last week. So maybe don't do it again. But, it was still, it still served a good purpose. The thing that I had wished, and I said it last week on the show, and then I forgot that they record Rampage after Dynamite. But if I had the pencil and I had the scheduling booking decisions, I would have made Rampage and a Battle of the Belts on a special Friday night. This would have been the last and only night for Dynamite with that set. You put this as your main event and you have those six fucking guys just tear down the set. They rip, you know, they, they jump off the thing that takes down the, the middle uh, section of the set. And then the, the little uh, circular things that they come out of tunnels uh, that they come out of, they rip those down. And then like the whole set is gone because of these six people who are AEW. Yeah. I think that would have been cool. But again, they did rampage afterwards and all that stuff, but it would have been nice. Before I forget, I want to shout out the single tweet, the table we got this week, which by the way, we we've always encouraged folks to use hashtag tweet the table. We understand Twitter may be in its final days, right? Oh, it is not. I mean, maybe, maybe not, but, Keep using hashtag tweet the table, but hashtag tweet the table may have seen its its most prolific days. So stay tuned later. Maybe we'll move to a different social media. Maybe we'll discuss other ways to get involved with the show. If Twitter ain't your kind of thing, but by by all means, please still use hashtag tweet the table. And we'll read some live here on the YouTube uh, live stream. And we got one from Mr. Fourth Row at Mr. Fourth Row said, I'm in the fifth row. Fourth seat for Denver New Year's Smash tonight. Who screwed up? Hashtag tweet the table. So Mr. Fourth Row was in the fifth row. Uh, Denver, Colorado. Love that. Mr. Fourth Row been listening since, I don't know, day one of the Spanish announced table. So I wanted to give him a quick shout out. And this was a great one to be at. And we're still recapping. It's time. By all means, proceed. Yeah, let's keep it going. So after this, we get, honestly, in my opinion, the best acclaimed music video that they've done. Uh, and this is attacking Jeff Jarrett. Jay Lethal and the rest of them. We've talked about in the past, their Max Caster's rap to the ring has been better as a whole than the music videos that go after Sting and Darby or or Moxley and uh, Eddie and stuff. But this one, 
this was a home run. This was good. He went after everything. He went after Jeff Jarrett stealing Kurt Angle's wife, which we've heard before. But he went after Jay Lethal imitating Macho Man. He never imitated anyone. The the two lines that I'll tell you about that I like the most, and then I want to hear your opinion. The two lines I like the about the most. The one about Jeff Jarrett and the Global Force Gold, where he was scheming people. That is a legitimate scam. Yep. And that's pretty impressive yep. that you just did that to him in your own promotion. And then the second thing that I thought really was a gut punch is when he brought up that Jay Lethal has been imitating Macho Man, but now he's a veteran and no one imitates, no one imitates Jay Lethal. You. Yeah. Well, he even said, like, and yeah. I got over, I didn't have to imitate Macho. Oh, I loved all that. Um, he also threw in the line of the worst Jeffrey since Dahmer, which. I, I want to break down that there's also a Bezos and an Epstein to consider, but Jeff Jarrett still might make the Rushmore of terrible Jeffs. Right? Like if, if you can think of a fourth Jeff that's worse than Jarrett, he might get edged off of the Rushmore and save himself, but I'm not thinking of it immediately coming to mind. But yes, I love this rap. This was just, I mean, slaughtering the guy left and right. And it kind of made me feel I was like, Dude, did you clear this with Jeff Jarrett? Because I kind of hope you didn't. Yeah, it was pretty incredible. Um, so we get that. Now, it was announced again that um, uh, they will be uh, responding to this, they being Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal and Satnam Singh and uh, Sanjay Dutt, all of them. So we'll see how that works. I think when they said we got the last word, that should have been it. Then we'll get the match. But... We'll see what happens on Friday night. And then Tim. Jeff Jarrett sucks. Oh, he's the worst. He's and then Tim, it's right before the main event. We had an aberration last week, but we got back on schedule. God damn it. Yeah. There's things that you can need to count on as right. we go into this new year. Like and uncertain time. Like <laughs> clockwork. Mm -hmm. Right before the main event. Tim. Uh -huh. It's time. time. Four. <laughs> The women. women every week. I love it. You know, like you said, aberration last week, but but back to schedule. Tony Khan got that Excel sheet back in order. <laughs> right, okay? predictable. Yeah, got the the watch resynced. Got it resynced. We get a good match here. It's a tag team match. Tay J A S Anna J and Tay Mello. Now again, I can't see what happened. I don't know. I mean, I think Mello's a real name. Maybe she was like, look, I, I, I keep forgetting. Yeah, <laughs> Maybe she's too hard for me to remember this fake name. It's silly. Uh, they take on Ruby Soho and the light of my heart in pro wrestling. The joy that puts a smile on my face when I turn on AEW. Willow Nightingale. I just, she's just the best. I just... I just want to skip with her. I just want to hold her hand and skip with her in a field. The best Willow in pro about, wrestling. Yeah. For sure. Fuck you, Jeff Hardy. Um, and I just want to talk about puppies and talk about our favorite chocolates and who was our favorite boy band in the 90s. Like, she's just, I don't know. Oh, just the totally backstreet, right? I don't know. NSYNC was pretty good. Yeah, they were pretty degrees. good. I mean, 90 Degrees had a couple hits, but like... There were some good ones. I think ones. Backstreet you had go. the most, well, NSYNC probably had the most bangers, huh? Hey, and side note, because we're pretty uh, white guys here, 
uh, a boy band that Very. I don't think people... You see, I'm almost, like, the light's almost just blowing. Well, I'm saying who, who we're naming. Who yeah. we're naming. Yes, of uh, course. A boy band that we need to consider that I don't think is ever in the conversation in the 90s, because they were the kings before NSYNC and Backstreet Boys. Uh, boys to men yeah i feel like it's almost a late 80s very no, early 90s but yeah very early 1994s 1994 they had the song of the year with mariah Carey. yeah but i feel like after that that's where it tanked you didn't hear anything late 90s about them mid to late 90s Ooh, was done. water runs dry i think that was 90 yeah but but they, their height was early but yeah that's 90s it's 90s well no that's their 90s. height was ended when the white kids took over and they're like we're gonna try this music and then all of a sudden yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden it was terrible. All white, all white <laughs> yeah. people. Anyhow. But so that was anyhow, little nightingale. It's just one of my things. My name is episode of white people. <laughs> yeah. And uh they don't win here though. I actually thought the the finish to this match was really good, where you get the chair trying to be brought in from Anna J. Or yeah, Anna J. And then the referee is addressing that. So then Ty Mello brings in the chair from the backside, what hits her in the back, uh, and then gets the victory. And we get Tay JS with the victory here. I don't know what that leaves us. Maybe yeah. a maybe Ruby Soho gets pissed at Willow. I don't know. Where where would you go from here? A rematch? Uh, first and foremost, I'm really tired of the like. Hey, let's try a Brangelina naming thing that Jericho and his affiliates do. Like, stop it. We don't have to marry every name. And he did this in WWE a lot, too, right? Like, with Jarrah Show. Well, and, and Jer- like, who? Like, well, he's corny. Branding overdone. And, yeah, he's corny. But it fits for this because they're sports entertainers. And this is what WWE would do. True so that. True that. It yeah. sucks, but I think it's supposed to. <laughs> you know? Uh, it sucks, but it's supposed to. It's also a strong title name for this episode. There you go. <laughs> So then after that, uh, we get the ass boys leaving. They say they're in party mode. Great. Absolute Ricky Starks. He cuts a backstage promo saying he's in a beat up Jericho. That's all great and everything. Uh, and then we're back to commercial or back from commercial, excuse me. And we get to our main event for the AEW TNT championship. It's Samoa Joe taking on the hobbled Wardlow. So Samoa Joe walks out. He says, I'm the fucking man. Obviously, Wardlow can't make his way down. Wardlow does the admirable thing where I can fight and pushes everyone to the side. Sells a good leg injury throughout the match. Credit to him. He does pretty good here. I like that because one thing that I don't like. I think he missed a bunch. He sold when he remembered, but he often forgot. But no, I, I will counter that because when adrenaline in a real match is happening, even in a game, it doesn't always hurt you, right? Patrick Mahomes, when he has the the fucked up thumb and then throws 46 passes, like it's still a fucked up thumb. I bet yeah. you sometimes, though, he was Had doing a bad a foot in the Super Bowl and was still dropping dimes on receivers. They would have caught a few of them. Might have right. won the, mm. Well, we did win one. Ha ha. Uh, Buffalo fucking Gonna win it. one this year, too. Yeah. And Buffalo, how many you got? Fucking none. Losers. Uh, you went four times, finished second each time, just like us. Fuck you. Um, Josh Allen sucks. Uh, but I like that at times he sold it because that's, that's more believable to me. If your leg is legitimately always, then you're broken. It's fucking broken. Look, I have been injury prone and hurt 
the majority of my fucking life. I have a neck. I have a fucking tumor in my shoulder. I have right shoulder surgery. I have a torn meniscus. I broke every toe. I've broken all of my fingers and my hands. I broke my right wrist. You sprained your left butt cheek last week or something. Oh my God. All the fucking things. Um, So I know how this fucking feels and I'm not always in pain, but when I am in pain, it fucking stops me in my tracks, but then I can recover because in this case, adrenaline would take over. So I liked how he sold. Uh, That's all to say that fucking Samoa Joe chokes him out. Wins the match by referee stoppage. And I believe this was actually the third time now that I'm looking through the notes. So Samoa Joe wins by referee stoppage because Wardlow doesn't tap out. He just gets choked out. I believe top flight and Blackpool Combat Club ended the same way with the uppercut. And Mm. then he couldn't get up. And then I think Brian Danielson also beat Ethan Page by just submitting him. And yeah, and Ethan yeah. Page didn't tap out. He just fell. Yeah, so kind of how we said this new hire for their television production is much needed. There's also somebody on the match production side that's overseeing the whole show and going, hey, we got three of the same finish here. Two of you need to rewrite. Well, to a certain extent, I think a submission. Sometimes, if you want the other person to look strong, that should true. make them go unconscious. So Ethan Page maybe shouldn't have gone out right unconscious to the regal stretch, but Wardlow not tapping out still saves face for him. So yes, I agree with you, but I do. Yeah, like maybe the, the faces get yeah. passed out, never submit, right. but your exactly. heels submit tap. Yeah. Right. So um. So that was the match. We get the match with Samoa Joe uh, retaining his TNT championship. He's still the king of television. And then afterwards, pushes Paul Turner down, the referee, goes to a toolbox, gets some scissors, and cuts fucking Wardlow's hair. Okay, before we go on, what the what is he going to be bald? Is he coming back bald? Maybe. You know, I don't know. Or maybe... Wardlow was just like, hey, listen, I'm tired of the long hair. I'm going to go to a short haircut style or something. Let's work it. But, you know, I don't know. Um, I just, this maybe is some sort of repackaging or at least refocusing of Wardlow. We talked about how, hey, it wasn't hitting TNT title thing. We loved him escaping from MJF. But without a planned thing to do that he wasn't going to fit into, right? Because he wasn't quite ready for, let's have him beat the world champ. Then there wasn't anywhere to go. So, Maybe, maybe we just see him reworked a little bit. Got a new focus. Now we'll get the book of Wardlow. <laughs> oh, powerhouse Hobbs. I miss him. Let's get him back on our TV yeah. screens. Not in a promo in an actual match, kicking some ass. Uh, but then after Samoa Joe cuts Wardlow's hair, Darby Allen runs in and cracks him over the back with a skateboard. Joe then rolls out to the ring. He's like, what the fuck? And Darby Allen holds up the title and he says, bitch, I'm coming for you. And that's the show. So what did you think? I kind of told you my thoughts. What do you think about overall? Again, I think a solid, this is an easy A show here. They, they nailed so many things. I, I, there was a few things where we nitpicked here, but I don't think we hated any of it. Didn't no. really think any of it was too terrible or, or a waste of time. We didn't get Jeff Jarrett. We got Jeff Jarrett referenced. But we no, didn't we get got Jeff, Jeff Jarrett fucking scorched earth, yeah. which is always great. Right. If we're going to get Jeff Jarrett, at least better be this way. Yeah. This so is I love it. Jeff Jarrett is getting dragged. Um, so yeah, there, there we go. That was our last AEW dynamite of 2022, Tim. So now 
Uh, let's roll into a little bit of the news that we recapped in the year of 2022. All right, 2022, man, Tom, I, pro wrestling is always a bizarre world that we that we watch sometimes reluctantly. But there was a lot of things that happened this year that you may have forgot about because only a few things, you know, I mean, you're getting older. It's hard to, you know, to maintain things, right? I know. If you've been listening to us for this long, you're, it's time to take your Motrin, right? Anybody that's been listening this long, hey, man, it, it's happening. All right, so January kicked off kind of light, right? Like, Cruiserweight title was once again eliminated from the WWE universe. They've never known what to do with that, so better they just get rid of it. I mean, I don't what was two of five? Who cares about that? Ronda Rousey returned to the WWE at the Royal Rumble, and I, yeah, I, I was we, there. You were there. You recall, I went to the Royal. You Rumble did go to the Royal Rumble. First, now, first time ever. The whole thing about she, Ronda Rousey returning is just like I think she's delivered exactly what we thought we she would like, just almost below average material, if I can be honest. Yeah, she's not good. Mm-mm. Yeah, if if we would have expanded our categories to worst wrestler male and female she would be on the female yeah. side 100 stay tuned we will be delivering the table awards our little best of for 2022 mm-hmm. at the end of the segment but uh, in february shane mcmahon was released after his aggressive and selfish actions at the royal rumble and just generalized dickhead demeanor apparently the whole time and bye do you think he's coming back in 2023 no and we will discover this is a family trait all right, in March, Tony Khan officially announced his purchase of Ring of Honor and his intentions of operating them as a separate company from AEW. Now, we've we've discussed a lot this year about AEWROH, right? Like mm-hmm. just it was it was here too long, I feel like. Now, the year of 2023 Counter- may be the resurgence of Ring of well, Honor. Well, also also counterpoint. Mm. Uh, we don't have feud of the year, but I, I think we would agree. Maybe I'm speaking for you. Disagree if you'd like to. I think the feud of the year was MJF and CM Punk. That was the feud of I mean, probably, yeah. But a dark horse, holy fuck, if you just put them together, FTR and the Briscoes, which happened under Tony Khan-owned Ring of Honor, was a fucking oh, delight. Yeah. So Three solid matches it. that were probably yeah, in the top so, 10 of matches for the year. Yeah. yeah, so I understand. Yes, it was dynamite. What the fuck are we doing? There's 37 titles on this show now, all this stuff. Yes. Yeah. But when you take a step back and you say, hey, he delivered on FTR and the Briscoes. I mean, can you really fucking what yeah. What would WWE have done? Just gave it to you on Peacock. So go mm-hmm. fuck yourself. 2022 also proved to be the year of William Regal as he debuted in AEW at Revolution after having been released by WWE in January. However, Regal would later request and be granted his release in December to return to WWE. There's a lot of why and reasons why, you know, that we'll get into throughout the rest of this year. But William Regal, uh, in much more focus than I think he would have been otherwise in 2022 if he hadn't been released, picked up, going back. Involved in some big storylines. Yeah, and I think his effects will still be felt in 2023. As I as we talked about on the recap of Dynamite, uh, Brian Danielson's still using his, or has now started to use his finisher uh, part of this feud with MJF. So mm-hmm. he's still 
in the yep. tentacles of AEW. Yep. Also in March, Triple H officially announced his in-ring retirement. Now, this is before Triple H gaining power, which, again, we'll talk about later. But this is him coming back from his heart attack, right? Remembering to... Or remember, he's he's just now kind of getting back into work, but he officially announces his in-ring retirement, which, I mean, look, Triple H, I think, is quietly a top 10 wrestler of all time or maybe top 15, right? Like, if you add up the accolades and the things he went through and the and the notoriety, I mean, he's in that fringe level up there, right? Uh, definitely top 25 if you're arguing top 15, but I don't think anybody top, ought yeah. to argue him not being in the top 25 at least. And, yeah. I mean... And his overall impact on pro wrestling as an industry, though, however, might be top five to top ten. Um, he as is far in the top like, two fifty. You, I agree. He is in the he is top, top two fifty somewhere. Um, Big E in March suffered a broken neck during a match on SmackDown, and so far it appears we may never see him wrestle again. Friend of the show, we've interviewed Big E. We went to a car dealership during an ice storm and had a fun, what? a great time. He was so gracious, so nice to us, so inviting, and and honestly just felt like he was hanging out because he was bored. Nobody was at this car, this car dealership autograph signing because it was a legit ice storm in Kansas City. Sheets of ice, Tom. I think we had to drive oh. there at like five miles an hour. <laughs> I think the there. other thing that I think the other thing that you're forgetting about it was this Super Bowl Sunday. Mm, it was also God, on was Super, Bowl. Super Bowl Sunday. Oh. Yeah. It was a Which day show. Been. Yeah, but it was a day show. It was uh, a two o'clock cage match with, uh, I think, the Shield versus uh, the Wyatt family. Yep. So, yeah. And the last story of March Scott Hall passed away. Complications from a fall. Uh, that one hit the industry like a death I haven't seen in a long time. Well, I mean, not to get too into the weeds about it but for everything that he overcame to then pass away from complications of a surgery felt like a real gut punch you know what i mean it wasn't you didn't want to see him fall off the horse obviously but it wasn't that it wasn't a, an accident like of him going out late at night you know what i mean yeah it, was a complication from it just a came out of surgery. left field it was kind of yeah, like when macho man died from a heart attack into a tree accident you're kind of like man yeah. really like right. we so, that happened like and this is you know this is not to get too minute but like this is why they say tell your loved ones you love them because death is random and it's inevitable right but it's it's mostly random to be honest with you and you never really know mm -hmm. what's going to happen and that really has how it felt with Scott Hall and it's kind of one of those where you don't know what you've got until it's gone because i think everybody then looked back and was like Damn, man. Like, when we talked about 2022 Workhorse of the Year and the Intercontinental Champion being the Workhorse title, like, Scott Hall might embody that of the entirety of pro wrestling's history of being oh. the Workhorse. Oh, my God. Yeah, work in, in WCW uh, is really where I felt like it shined more. I mm -hmm. mean, obviously, it shined in WWE, but, yeah, working with uh, Goldberg to Chris Jericho to Eddie Guerrero to Ric yep. Flair to Kevin Nash. I mean, yeah, everybody. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> rolling into April, Roman Reigns defeated Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania to become the undisputed WWE Universal Champion, a title he still holds to this day. Um, Cody Rhodes returned to WWE at WrestleMania after a six-year absence and creating all elite wrestling in, in that six-year absence. 
Steve Austin returned to in-ring action after 19 years facing Kevin Owens at WrestleMania. And remember, they didn't know if he was going to be able to go, so they kept just oh. calling it a, an, an appearance at the KO show until Look. they knew. I think yeah. they were worried about him getting cold feet, if I had to be honest. It sounds like he was in his own head about it. If you've ever listened to his podcast, he mm. always basically said like he's scared to get back in the ring because he doesn't want to suck, which was what Shawn Michaels always said. And Shawn Michaels sucked when he came back into the ring. So that might have oh, weighed heavily on his mind. that's the worst match of all time. Yeah, yeah, that's the worst match of all time. DX versus uh, Brothers of Destruction. Mm. We have worst moment. And that did not make my worst moment of the year, but it almost did. Not the match itself. The match itself was fine. It was fun. He did great. Got stunners. All the fun stuff. But the lead up and then the weird talk segment before was fucking awkward and miserable. Like, don't kid yourself. If you're like, no, it was actually pretty good. You like the match, but everything else was fucking yeah. dog shit. Well, and, and yes, to give Steve Austin his credit, he delivered a solid B plus of a match in there, which is, oh, I mean, better than you would expect. So exactly. Yeah, better than you would expect. Um, and more on the events that followed later as we do our table awards. So stay tuned for that. Uh, and I don't know if I mentioned this one, so I'm just going to say it again. The Undertaker was inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame uh, at that WrestleMania event. And, you know, of course, right? I guess. Ha Man, has a... It's not even a, a fall from grace or like a... a or like a going down gone. in flames, but it just was a slow burnout of The Undertaker. Well, yeah, that you know? was the thing. But I, I really feel like, and we talked about this when it happened, but the mystique of Undertaker never talking about anything was so captivating. Regardless if you like The Undertaker character or not, he never said a fucking thing. So it was always this mystery where you heard he was the locker room leader and all of this stuff. So what could it be like? Oh my God. But then as soon as he's done, he fucking goes on every show, Joe Rogan, uh, between the ropes, all the shit. So by the time he goes into the hall of fame, I heard it all. Like yeah. what more could he have said? Oh, he outsmoked Cypress Hill one night when they were too fucked up to hold a blunt. Like, I had heard it all, so I didn't care when he went into the Hall of I Fame. I want to shout out Jeffrey Sills in the chat. I didn't realize that was going on. Thanks to Tom for uh, <laughs> chatting with Jeffrey Sills, talking mm -hmm. to us throughout the night uh, on the YouTube chat. If you're watching the shows live on YouTube, feel free to do that. But also use hashtag tweet the table on Twitter. Contact us throughout the week. But yeah, the, with The Undertaker, it just seriously was that. It was this mystique, right? And and maybe old Undertaker was this way, where we picture this stoic doesn't say anything unless he has to, and it's always a, 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 you know, a prophetic statement, right? And maybe some of that existed at a point in time, but now he's, he is, the, the grandpa who used to be cool back in the day, and and oh. just wants everybody to like love him now. You know what I mean? Like where he was like, oh yeah, I remember doing this, and everybody's like, we don't remember you doing this. He's the definition of the old guy relative that if you're single, he doesn't understand why you can't just walk up and make that girl your wife. It's like, brother, that's not how it works anymore. You fucking idiot. Uh, like, yeah. Uh, so it we didn't all... work that way back then, but you know, anyhow. So again, we're doing our 2022 year in review of, of all the biggest moments of pro wrestling in 2022. We kind of strictly stick to AEW and WWE in this. So we're not talking about your favorite impact wrestling moment Ooh, or your, or your NJPW. 
We might be talking about a GCW. We might show be talking about a GCW to. show. You know, we'll sprinkle in some other things, but by all means, if we left something out in this year in review, or if I missed something on the list because I made this list today, and in a rush, you know, feel free to again. Live chat is on YouTube. Let's uh, keep it moving, what what we but we'll next? keep it moving. In May, we got Adam Cole and Britt Baker won the inaugural Owen Hart Memorial Cup trophies. Remember that was a thing. We got the Usos unifying the WWE Raw and SmackDown championships, defeating RK Bro on SmackDown titles they still hold to this day. Sasha Banks and Naomi walked out of WWE, and correct me if I'm wrong, we haven't seen either of them yet. Still, word is Sasha Banks may be gone, and I'll touch on that later in our 2022 Table Awards. But eh. stay gone, stay, stay gone. gone. And CM Punk defeated Hangman at Double or Nothing to win the AEW World Championship. And, of course, we will discuss CM Punk and that AEW World Championship a lot in the coming months here as we uh, discuss our year in review. What a great Mm pay-per-view marred with an old man thinking he can do young man moves. (sighs) How many times did he fall on his ass trying to do the buckshot lariat? First off, he's old. Second off, he's injury prone. Third off, he's unathletic. None of those yeah. things says I can do buckshot lariat. Like someone should have mm-hmm. helped that man out. And Jeffrey Sills in the chat says, uh, did you guys hear the Dax Harwood podcast? He wants them all to do business. And yeah, we have discussed that throughout the show and probably still will. And uh, yeah, I mean, Tom's calling it now that like. Oh, I called it F- back then. FTR is still, is still an AW. So is CM Punk, says Tom. And there will be a show I got it. Side quest. I already got it. I already know how it's going to happen. This is how it fucking goes down. It's going to be the greatest thing of all time. Tony Khan, we're going to clip this. We're going to send it directly to Tony Khan. I'm going to email it to him. So Tony Khan, this is how it goes in 2023. CM Punk's coming back. What we do is we do the whole fun tease. I don't care how we get there, but the match is FTR and CM Punk versus the elite. And it's a knockdown drag out war. We're going at it all all types of ways. It's a falls count anywhere match. All the fun stuff happens right at the final. We get Kenny Omega and CM Punk. They go at it. They're fighting, 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 fighting. CM Punk gets the kick on Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega falls down. CM Punk then turns to go back to the ropes because he's going to do the big elbow. Guess what happens? He runs into a buckshot lariat from fucking hangman Adam Page. What, motherfucker? You think y'all going to take all that shit talking? Go fuck yourself and he's gonna hit him with buckshot lariat look at that my watch is getting crazy uh kenny omega pins cm punk they win ftr young bucks then want to want to go at it for the tag team championships because they think they're the best tag team you get hangman adam page versus cm punk for the feud that is really the feud that all started this and then you get kenny omega to go after mgf who is now your two-time AEW champion right before 2024 and it's going to be mjf kenny omega the heart and soul of AEW versus the war of 2024 mjf and that's how you end the fucking year mm. Give it to me. All right, clip this and see if we're right when we do the 2023 year in review. But right now in the 2022 year in review, we are covering into June. And we talk about Jeff Hardy getting arrested for DUI again, this time with police dash footage made public. And that was, I think that's when everybody was like, hey, man, it's time for this guy. Like, like you guys got to stop. You we guys got to stop enabling. Right. 
look, I, I want everyone to make money that wants to make money and needs to make money. I'm not trying to take away anyone's income because that's selfish and mean. However, if you want to stay in the pro wrestling world, I think the thing that we've kind of identified is he can't be on the road. He can't be so, on the road. Somebody needs so to be if, getting him town to town. Well, no, I'm not even saying that. I'm saying that maybe AEW needs to somewhat have a home base, mm. wherever that is, Jacksonville or wherever. And you can have his mind and his, you know, genius of his influence. Yeah. Right. And have him fucking do that day in, day out where he can drive 20 yeah, minutes. But even back at that, I, I wouldn't even, I would send an Uber. Well, I'm not, okay, now we're getting a I mean, look, crazy, I, but I'm not saying, to, to write him. Look, I understand it's a disease. I've had family members die of this disease. I understand the complexities and the hardships of it. I'm not meaning to deride him or any of his loved ones or, or talk shit. Like I know, look, I mean, we've all got our fucking vices. I'm not getting to that, but I'm just saying if you're, if you're going to use him because he is a draw, he will make you, you will get a return on investment, but I don't know that you're doing anybody any good if you're not taking the proper measures. Well, and that's what I'm saying. So I think and maybe this is just me knowing how some of the wrestling world works. I think when there's so many people in rent a cars going from town to town and this to that things get lost in the shuffle. But if you can say Jeff Hardy, you're going from point A to point B, that's easier to, to keep in constraint of saying, Hey, you're doing this from, you know, eight to two. And then from three to five, you're going to your AA meeting or whatever it is. Yeah, whatever right? it but is. Like, that's where I think his role could be. Shout out Jeffrey Sills in the chat. Once again, telling Tom, he just won booker of 2023 with his little suggestion on the elite and seeing punk and FTR and cowboy shit. We are a cowboy shit podcast, by the way. Oh, if, if you're you new to the talk show shit on hangman, you better not let me find out where you live. Cause I will go up to your house and put five across your lip. All right. And stay tuned throughout the show tonight. We're going to cover our 2022 table awards, give you the best of 2022. But right now we're covering all the things that happened in 2022 that were notable. And in June, we got John Moxley defeating Hiroshi Tanahashi at forbidden door to win the AEW interim world championship. That was just made vacant from CM Punk having won it and couldn't compete because he broke something and a foot or something. I don't remember which one this was, but he always breaks something when he wins a world he title. Broke his foot. So John Moxley this was supposed to be like a winner gets a title shot. If I remember correctly at the beginning of this booking, but CM Punk. No, this was supposed to be Tanahashi versus CM Punk. That's what, oh, they did that's what it was. Show. It was, it was Tanahashi versus CM Punk. That's right. Yeah, yeah, okay. Good correction. Good job. See, Tom, I told you, you remember these things more holistically than I do. Well, remember that was the moments? L.A. show. Yeah. But that was the L.A. show where MJF fucking mm -hmm. scorched earth everyone. Well, and that's it. We got MJF cut a scathing promo on Tony Khan on an episode of Dynamite. He asked to be fired and would not be seen again until September. And this promo had Ew. everyone going like, man, was this real? Was this fake? And I Ew, think the answer is some of both. Mark. Yeah, you I think fucking Mark. I think the answer is some of column A and some of column B, right? I think it was a work shoot in every smarky way of saying that. Yeah, it was great. I love it. Yeah. We also got in June Cody Rhodes defeating Seth Rollins in a Hell in a Cell at Hell in a Cell with the worst shoulder injury I've seen since Triple H. Can I give you a hot take? Mm-hmm. This didn't make it my awards, but I wanted to mention it, so I'll mention it now. Uh, that was another, that was almost 
one a one b of the worst moments of the year that was so fucking irresponsible from oh i agree with you i agree with you is irresponsible it will be on my list of top five spoiler alert in the table awards because of its storytelling but i agree with you i wouldn't have done it i would have not allowed it no and here's the reason why i heard the fucking thing that he ripped it off the bone so it couldn't get any worse Fun fact, again, I'm injury prone. I've been hurt a lot. I know how this shit works. When this hurts over here, you overcompensate over yeah, here. And look, so then you can hurt over on You can say side. that all you want, but no self-respecting fucking doctor is telling you that. Like, honestly, that's not... No self-respecting doctor is telling you, oh, it's fine, you ripped it off the bone, you oh, can't do any more damage. I thought you That's bullshit. Of course yeah. you can do more yeah. damage. Of course yeah. you can yeah, 100% of course you can. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. That's That was one of the most maddening things I've heard. Yeah, like, I, I, the only reason I watched this match, if I'm being 100% honest, is because I was like, I got to see this train wreck. Like, like, he can't be doing this. And he did it. Yeah, it, it, not good. Not good. Again, to me, I, I didn't watch it because. I don't want to support mm-hmm. fucking bad people. So now rolling into July, speaking of bad people, we got Ric Flair and Andre El Idolo won Ric Flair's last match, defeating Jay Lethal and Jeff fucking Jarrett. And then in December, it gets name check in the acclaim rap on Jeff Jarrett yeah. and Jay Lethal. So, and I kind of don't them. believe it's Ric Flair's last match. If I had to be honest with you. Oh, the last match I'm going to pay attention to. Also in July, Vince McMahon reluctantly retired from WWE following the discovery of several hush money contracts about multiple sexual harassment and assault cases involving a fuck ton of women spanning the last few decades. And I, good riddance, I all the better. He's still the top fucking money maker in WWE, so like, Oh, he's this. Yeah, he's the largest shareholder in WWE. He's so he don't arguably in a more advantageous situation to earn his money and not have to fucking do anything. So, greatest punishment ever for him, I guess. But honestly, I think we've said it. Fuck that guy. I know everybody, and not everybody, but a lot of people want to try to come to his defense and be like, look, we wouldn't have what we had. And to that, I say bullshit. We wouldn't have the exact moments we had and the things we had without him, but to think that like nobody might have seen the idea that pro wrestling could be a money-making venture in media entertainment without Vince McMahon doing it is just false. It's just false. Could have happened, might have happened, and in fact, Vince McMahon made sure nobody else did it through his improper immoral business tactics. So like, I don't really care. I'm kind of glad that he's gone. I think his idea sucked in since... 2000 whatever and so like i don't all the better as far as i'm concerned maybe not even is good he, enough is he gone god is damn gone? can we see a steve jobs level vince mm-hmm. mcmahon returns to the company that pushed him out uh, at I'm least Steve Jobs did actually resurrect the company that pushed him out. <laughs> like Vince McMahon would just tank it harder. And honestly, fuck it. Let's see it. Uh, I don't want to give my comments yet because uh, worst moment of the year is. <laughs> hey, we might have a consensus. This. <laughs> yeah, this is adjacent to that. Yeah. <laughs> we might have a consensus. All right. So September rolls around. We got the acclaimed defeating Swerve in our glory. 
at Grand Slam to win the AEW World Tag Team Championships. And we'll so talk close. more. We'll talk more about uh, All Out. CM Punk defeated Moxley the AEW World for the AEW World Championship at All Out, but would proceed later that evening to go on one of the most out of touch woe is me crybaby press conference appearances since Cam Newton lost the Super Bowl and would be stripped of the title and released from A. You like that reference? And would be stripped of the AEW title and released from AEW. Also, after involving a fist fight with the... I guess he's not technically released, is he? He's not released. He's injured. He Mm, injured his bicep. He's whatever. Uh, There was a fight. There was brawl out, as we've discussed. Look, we were there. We were live in Chicago watching All Out. We got chairs to prove it. Sitting over here, it's got stuff on it. I don't want to pick it up. You know what I mean? It's got a fucking. You know what I mean? It's got a bunch of shit over here on it. But I just the the press conference was one thing, right? And I think that might have been like, well, that was fucking weird. But we would have moved on. But it's him saying, "Come fucking find me if you got a problem." And the people he said that to said, "Okay," and yeah. <laughs> fucking went to find him. And then all hell broke loose, and male egos got in the way, and a bullshit slap fight broke out, and you know what I mean? Like, and here we are now, right? Well, yeah, and to to that I would say, because to all the people that would say like, this is obviously the worst year in AEW. Look at Brawl Out; that was one of the worst. Like, there's been fights almost every year in pro wrestling backstage. Yeah. Hell. Collie and Big Sid, Show. <laughs> Sid, if you don't re- if you don't remember this, Sid took a pair of scissors to Arn Anderson, huh? And like, Arn Anderson carries that thing on him. You know what I'm saying? So, like, was it that bad? Did WCW survive for another 20 years? So shut the fuck up. Arn Anderson but, has got it on him, and it's probably cocked. Like it's ready to fire. He don't need a gun. He's got this. <laughs> yeah, like that thing might be cocked in his fucking waistband, dude. Like. He's a step away from Plaxico bursting himself at all fucking moments. But but you know, what, what I'm saying is, like, the fight was not a big deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone's reaction to it, because we're in a world of 24-7 content, we need to say something about something yeah. and give me some opinion. Blah, Honestly, blah, blah. From all accounts, I don't mean to deride it and call these guys weak or anything. It was a slap fight. This is how most fights actually break out. Somebody goes, who would he tough? Some guy swings, misses. Somebody pushes him into the ground. They fall on each other. They might get a couple of half shots to the ribs, right? Like somebody gets scratched. Somebody gets bit. Like this is, this is a bar fight, right? Like this is exactly what happened. Fighting shouldn't happen. I haven't heard of too but many this is what, No, but this is what, when you get random two dudes in random public setting getting a fight over something stupid, this is usually how it goes down. It's not a fucking 12-round boxing clinic, right? Nobody's getting clean blows across the bridge of the nose, right? Like, this is all a mess that not even fucking Tom could, could commentate live. Uh, UFC, look him up. Anyway. Uh, also in no. September. Fuck the UFC. Also in September. Go to Fight Haven. Go to Fight Haven if you want to see some good fights. There you go. Also in September, Moxley defeated Danielson in the tournament finals to win the vacant AEW World Championship that was vacated because of the whole CM Punk brawl out incident. NXT ditched its short-lived colorful uh, presentation and logo and returned to the black and gold with a little bit of white in it, which was yeah, probably a good move. Soraya, Soraya would debut in AEW in September, although she would not wrestle until November. And so, yeah, it was big nice. moments. 
October featured National Scissoring Day, right? Like, and we all love that, right? There's big golden scissors. Everybody look to your left and your right and scissor, love that. And we also got the long awaited, much talked about return of Bray Wyatt to the WWE. And I still don't know what the fuck is. I guess he, I guess he finally wrestled at a house show. Well, uh, we don't have this category, but if we did have most disappointing moment, it, it would, would be, be Bray this. Wyatt. Not it the moment. Hurt. The moment itself was fun. The story has been the disappointing thing. Cause it was fine. Built off of that. The moment was fine, but I will tell you that I immediately, the moment it happened was already like, Oh, all of this is going to suck. It's going to be complicated, convoluted, and it's going to take too long to tell. And guess what has been fucking happening? All right, we roll into November 2022. Thunder Rosa vacated the AEW Women's World Championship due to injury, which she won in March at St. Patrick's Day Slam. Mm -hmm. And they would, you remember remember when they were finally like, all right, fuck it. It's going to be too long. It's gone. I like Thunder Rosa. Of the two. I'm being serious here. Of the two, CM Punk and Thunder Rosa, I think Thunder Rosa is the one that we won't see back. Mm. Roman Reigns retained the undisputed WWE Universal Championship at Crown Jewel, defeating Logan Paul. And I think Logan Paul gave the surprising performance of the year, maybe? No. no like, we expected him to be okay. Like, we were like, he's athletic. Like, of course Look, he'll do the things. Both Ebenezer and Scrooge Paul have nothing but fucking time on their hands. So yeah. to give them an athletic task and have them do better than average should, is the fucking bar. Remember the bar? Like that's the bar. It's it's the price and, of entry, right? Like you ought exactly. to be able to do it. That's I, I, look, I understand we have a performance center and an NXT for this reason. If you're well, showing up on WWE main roster television, I'm to expect that you've reached a bare minimum in athletic and pro wrestling ability or else they wouldn't put you on the show. Well, but the other part of this equation that I think people are forgetting is Roman Reigns was also in the match. Roman Reigns can tell you fucking stay down. Hey, get up. Like Roman Reigns deserves a lot of credit for that too. And you're a fool if you didn't think that he wasn't like guiding every spot. Okay. Now hit me with the thing. Now do the thing. Right. Like give me the schnabitz in the corner. Shout out. Because I guarantee I guarantee you, you give Simone Biles or uh, Candace Parker or any athletic woman or another athletic male who doesn't have a full schedule, right? You you say, hey, uh, Dwayne Wade. Chad Ochocinco. Chad Ochocinco. Right. They're all doing the same fucking mm-hmm. shit. Yep. They have the-, the yep. We're going to get Travis Kelsey to come out. Easy. Yeah. They, they all have- Big Yeti. What I'm saying, well, Travis Kelsey is a little bit different because of the scheduling. When, yeah. when the Paul brothers have nothing okay, else so let's to say do. It's, it's it's Rob Gronkowski, right? Recently retired or whatever, right? Yeah. Yep. yep. Yeah, you give him however many months that give Paul him six weeks. did this, he would have the same. A hundred percent, yeah. Not the same jump in stuff, but as far as yeah. entertainment, it's the same. Fucking so for thing. me, what, what the Logan Paul thing was, yes, I expected him to do fine with it. What I think he did slightly better than average which is honestly unfortunately better than i can say for a lot of the people they roll out in wwe 
was a little bit of the showmanship, right? Like well, the, the thing, that's where I was like, all right, Logan, Paul, I see it. And this okay. is what I've said before. Look, WWE, if you're going to take this route, just be honest with it and do it. If you're going to be pro wrestling with the stars, right, then just fucking do it, right? If it's Brock Lesnar, John Cena, Logan Paul, and like we said, Chad Ochocinco or whoever, then fine. McAfee, but just yeah. be it, Pat McAfee. Just be it, own it, deliver it as such. And that will mm-hmm. be entertaining in and of itself. But they try to, like, act like it's a natural transition, right? YouTube star just becomes a wrestler. It's like, man. Well, uh, I think some of that charisma came from he's been in YouTube. He's been in front of a camera since he's 12. And right. he's 20 well, And with no, he very took the Jersey Shore route of, like, hey, I'm just, like, slightly funny. You know what I mean? Like, somewhat charismatic guy above my peers in my generation and so you put a camera in front of my face people in my generation are going to aspire to be me and that's what we got with logan paul and that's what wwe took advantage of and that's fine that's what i said that's fine if you're just honest with that and that's all i expected out of this and he delivered that enough for me to be like good job right passable and i thought it was passable now december i think the so far this month the only thing that we've touched on is Mandy Rose gets released uh, after WWE just learned of her fan subscription sites and what she was posting. And that probably means they asked for a cut of it, and she was like, fuck you, well, what- you didn't make these tits, or whatever yeah. it was, right? And she was like, I make more money doing this if I'm not chained by your fucking stupid rules. And they said, no. Again, I'm 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 doing a lot of conjecture here, but I'm betting there was a lot of discussion. They said, no, no. We deserve X amount. And she said, piss off. And they said, all right, we'll get out of here. And she's like, okay. Is kind of how it feels like it went down. I think, and this is me just reckless speculation. uh, I think it was, hey, these photos are now getting a little bit too racy for you to call yourself Mandy Rose. Mandy Rose is a WWE character. Yeah, yeah. Mandy Rose isn't. Yeah, you're Mandy Sachs doing that. Yeah, yeah. you're, You're not. Mandy Rose is not naked next to a refrigerator or whatever the fucking photos are. So I think that is where it came in. It's like, Hey, bikini stuff. We fucking do bikini stuff. That's fine. But now you're naked or whatever right. it is. I don't remember. If we I see a nipple. We've yeah. got to call it. If there's a, if there's a lift or if there's a lip hanging out of the left side of your, you know what I mean? Yeah. Outside of your, your shorts there, we've got to, we've got to call it. And so, yeah, maybe you're right there too. Maybe it was that. And she said, Hey, look, are you guys going to make up for the money that I could make if I left that fucking left lip hang out a little bit? And they said, well, what's the left lip worth? And she said, X amount. And they were like, no. And she was like, well, then fuck off, right? Like somewhere in there, right? I think we're hitting that gray area, right? A lot of this conversation went around that. Don't forget who runs NXT. It's. Sean Michaels, he ain't fucking, he's cool yeah. and all that shit, but he ain't that cool it's the, anymore. It's the fucking Bible heart kid, right? You know what I mean? <laughs> <Yeah>. So <laughs> He's BHK now. <laughs> and that's all fine, but when you're making right. decisions, eh, now we're getting into a slippery slope. But So that was all the, like, the, yeah, that was the yeah. major things that happened. So now let's talk let's about what were the best of it. those things, Tom. Where do you want to go first? We've got a couple categories. we got best moment of the year, worst moment of the year, best pay-per-view, best male wrestler, best female wrestler, best tag team. And, of course, we've listed each our top five matches with some honorable mentions, it sounds like, for pro wrestling. Well, so where do you want to go? Let's just do it in that order. So best moment. Best moment of the oh. year? Uh-huh. Vince McMahon reluctantly retires in shame. 
for me. That was the best moment of 2022. That's what made me most smile. I knew, like, AWWE is probably not going to get any better, but, like, fuck that guy. Like, we've all been like, when is this guy going to fucking go away? We've talked about, is he going to die? Is he going to whatever? And, like, I can't believe that none of us ever broached the subject that, like, no, he's going to be me too Like, of course he would be me too out of existence. And I hope it stays that way, but we'll see. Is it? Is it? I know it could come back to be the worst moment of 2023. <laughs> so I just for fun, I did an outside looking in on mm. each of the categories. Okay. So I'll give you the outside looking in and then I'm going to give you the award from my side. So the outside looking in is a personal one and I share it with you. I will remember this as one of the best pro wrestling memories of my life, but being at all out. Oh yeah. Standing. No, standing on the floor and starting to hear the chance of oh scissor me daddy yeah and then joining in that yeah chance during the acclaim versus swerving our glory oh was i'll remember that for the rest of my life yeah it's one of my most favorite moments i'll ever ever personally experienced in pro wrestling history yes yeah it and i think you've talked about this on why it should stick out to people and nobody talks about it is that it effectively ended the bask in his glory chance for keith lee Done. nobody's done them since it's <laughs> been so scissor me daddy ever since and that means and i still i if if somebody can point me to legitimate evidence of who started this i want them on this show because yes. somebody in that chicago arena did it first somebody chanted that first was the impetus of that idea and they i'm not even sure if they're aware of how genius they were in pro wrestling history so great so great yeah so that's a personal one okay and that is up there that is up there but, but i agree with you me i like yeah. if i close my eyes i can put myself back in that moment oh and just God. thinking that's like it. this is why we i'm a wrestling fan i was like this yeah. is why i'm a wrestling fan and we were a part of it so mm-hmm. that's my outside looking in but for me the moment of the year was anarchy in the arena mm. when eddie kingston walks down that ramp looking like he came out of a horror movie holding the gasoline can and then going into the ring and just dousting Chris Jericho and Brian Danielson with gasoline. Love that. Oh, put that in a bottle yeah. and make it every For a moment, I was like, oh, are they trying to make good for the exploding barbed wire match? Are they going to set these bitches on fire? I was like, right. oh, no, they're going too far. Oh, no, we're going to see the end of AEW. Yeah, for a brief moment, I was like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. <laughs> I mean, oh, no. just that walk, that walk from Eddie Kingston mm. was outstanding. Okay. So that's my best moment. So my worst moment of the year is Vince McMahon's WrestleMania stunner bump. Is this just going to be Vince McMahon? <laughs> McMahon? That's what I said. He's simultaneously got the best moment of the year and the worst moment of the year. His stunner bump was bad the first go around 20 years ago, but at least then it was comical. This was bad. And then he tried to make good and fucked it up even worse. <laughs> like it was like, that's when I really was like, when is this motherfucker going to go? Like, I mean, we've said that a bunch, but I really was like, look, man, this is dead, right? Like anything Mm -hmm. having to do with Vince McMahon is bad news and it got even worse and hopefully it's gone. But that was just a, like anybody watching that, like 
I mean, I know Stone Cold laughed in the moment, but like, Jesus Christ, man, you really fucked all of that up. You fucked it up seven different ways. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Okay, so my outside looking in, and we've talked about this at nauseum, so we won't have to go into it too much. My outside looking in is CM Punk press conference post oh, yeah. all out. I remember watching that too. Just fucking, we're sitting wow. on our chairs waiting for an Uber, which was like due to be around us in 57 minutes or some stupid yeah. shit. Just and just watching that going like, is this real? Are they faking this? Like, what the fuck is going on? This guy's an asshole. The absolute dumbest thing. But the worst moment of the year, and this could be outside of pro wrestling too. This could be, honestly, if I were to make a list, this could make the worst moment in pro wrestling history. And it is the brain dead, tone deaf, psychotic moron that is now the co-CEO, Stephanie McMahon, Mm. having a thank you Vince chant from the arena after all of the allegations of which he was accused and convicted, even though it never went to a court, but he didn't fight it against all these women that's what that yeah that, that moron bad. that that tone deaf stupid person and that's yeah. why i told you when when he got kicked out not from stephanie well Stephanie's and honestly it's that it's it's you know we've all talked a lot about triple h right triple h is now in charge triple h is is leading the things but i i, I think we had already understood stephanie man to be an out of touch like just unaware person Mm -hmm. and and to come out with this just like lock that away i was like oh there's no redemption anymore right like i won't ever be like oh stephanie man's got it like now i'm just like no "No, you're you're fucking out of it you're out of it yeah she this is and this is second so again if i were to make my top 10 list she might be one and two because two would be after 9 11 she equates the resolve of american society to vince mcmahon fighting the federal government over the steroid trial. Like you fucking idiot. Yeah. She's got the worst case of Stockholm syndrome. I think I've ever fucking. (laughs) I'm telling you, they fucked. I know for a fact they have, they have at least made out. I know for a fact, allegedly that they have. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying. Allegedly. That's another shirt we need. Allegedly. (laughs) Allegedly. Um, All right, so then that was the worst moments. We don't have a consensus there either. But let's go into best pay-per-view of 2022. We might have a consensus here because I'm going to say it was AEW Revolution. Look, you had had Hook. I mean, if you have Hook, you're already on a solid platform. You have Hook defeating friend of the show, Cutie Marshall, which, God damn it, we forgot. Cutie, I know you want to be on the the show. show. We didn't have it. We forgot. Anyway, you had House of Black versus Death Triangle, which – that's a lot of spooky. You've got Eddie Kingston defeating Chris Jericho by submission. You got CM Punk and MJF in a dog collar match. Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa. Moxley versus Danielson. Sting jumping off a balcony before he decided to start doing it every week. Hangman defeating Adam Cole to retain his AEW title. I think everything had great stories leading into it, and almost everything delivered from a storyline perspective and an in-match delivery. I think as a holistic whole, I don't think it had always the greatest moments of 2022, but I think as an overall pay-per-view start to finish, I'm going to give the nudge to AW, to AW's revolution. That's my outside looking in. 
mm-hmm. solely based on that dog collar match. When Wardlow slides the ring to Punk after saying he couldn't find it when MJF was great moment, it, fantastic moment. And that dog collar matches. Spoiler alert on my outside looking in for top five matches. I had to, it was hard not to put it in there, but outside looking in. Revolution was awesome. But for me, I'm going AEW full gear. This is when MJF defeated John Moxley for mm-hmm. the world championship. Again, another casino ladder match. The, yep, the casino ladder match. You had Death Triangle versus the Elite, the Elite coming back. You had Jungle Boy versus Luchasaurus, which where is Luchasaurus? Kind of missed that guy. You had um, Soraya's in-ring debut, which was a little flat, but still monumental, defeating Britt Baker. You had Samoa Joe defeating Wardlow and Powerhouse Hobbs to become TNT champion. Sting and Darby Allen taking out Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal is always a fun thing. And then before the show, you had Eddie Kingston uh, beating June Akiyama and then cutting that promo of like, buy the pay-per-view, I gotta go, and then just rolling out. So, yeah, for me... Revolution's close, but as oh, so whole, close. Uh, same I thing. Think. My outside looking in would have been all out. I mean, we were there. That's why I kind of thought I was like, maybe I'm misremembering because mm-hmm. we were there. But I mean, look, they were one A and one B. If I'm being honest, now <clears throat> we're gonna move into the individual awards here for the best mm-hmm. male wrestler. I'm giving it to John Moxley. We had 61 televised or pay per view matches. He canceled his vacation to help stabilize AEW after the CM Punk and Elite All Out Media Scrum incident. He wrestled the biggest names in AEW this year, right? CM Punk, Hangman, MJF, Brian Danielson, Chris Jericho. He also wrestled up and coming names like Wheeler Yuta, Daddy Magic Matt Menard with his hard nipples, Dante Martin, right? He wrestled in multiple companies, including New Japan and Game Changer Wrestling, where he held the world championship and had two intense battles with the man, the king. The god of this shit, Nick fucking Gage. I'm giving John Moxley male wrestler of the year. Look, yes. You if we were to like put this to a poll, yeah, or or really like if this was a debate, you would win. Moxley okay. is <laughs> right. the wrestler of the year. Yeah. But for the buzz and the significance and the oh shit he's on tv i've got to stop and make sure i see this live i'm going mm, mjf going mjf look when he was gone for three months each and every week everyone's speculating is this when he comes back is this when he comes back all of that at the beginning of the year we didn't have this but i think we talked about it off air the feud of the year to me is CM Punk and MJF, and it wasn't yeah. because of CM Punk. CM Punk did great. CM Punk did really well in the feud, but the origin story promo that uh, MJF cuts, then the the turn that he does where he cuts his head open, CM Punk's head open, covers him in the white shirt and calls himself the devil, and, and then coming back as the devil at All Out, getting the casino chip, and then doing the stuff with William Regal, c- capturing the title at full mm-hmm. gear. You know, MJ, John Moxley is but the, the heart and soul. Like I'm watching more, back more of his stuff, but the well, moments I'm going MJF. And before you get into, if you have one, uh, an outside looking in, I've got an outside looking in, but it's way outside looking in. I wouldn't put him at two, three or four, whatever. But like, I, I want to make sure we discuss all the great shit Matt Cardona did throughout the year yeah. as well. Right. Like mm-hmm. Matt Cardona gave us some fucking moments this year. Yeah. If, especially if you're watching GCW. 
Yeah. My outside looking in was John Moxley. John Moxley. That's All why right. I had him ready here. Yeah, John right. Moxley was my outside looking in. Best female wrestler of the year. Tom, I'm going to switch this up and ask who you got going for best female wrestler of the year. All right, so my outside looking in is a girl that captured the IWC's heart, felt like was a bigger star now than she was at the start of the year. Uh, I'm going with Jamie Hayter. Mm, Jamie great Hayter, option. My yeah. Outside looking in. Now, this is going to be controversial, and I bet no one put her as a female wrestler of the year, but let me argue it on the front end, is and I'll tell you who it is. No, oh, God, I love her. <laughs> oh, man, I love her. She's just, I just love her. But I'm putting Tony, well, I'll actually tell you now, and then I'll tell you why. I'm putting Tony Storm as my wrestler of the year, and this is why. I think the hardest thing in pro wrestling is to be liked, not being a heel. When you can go out there and pull a NXT Sami Zayn out or pull a Nakamura, Shinsuke Nakamura, cool babyface type of character as a presentation, and it's just you, like, there's no, Willow Nightingale is another good example. Tony Storm had this weird kind of thing with Thunder Rosa, but then Thunder Rosa goes out for injury or whatever you want to believe, is out. And then Tony Storm takes the title at all out, and she has to carry this division on her yeah. own. And she gets overshadowed by a Britt Baker, Soraya coming back, all this. But consistently, her matches with Akaro Shida, her match with Jamie Hayter, I think, and being a lovable babyface, no one turned on her, right? Everyone wanted Jamie Hayter to win at full gear, but it wasn't because we didn't like Tony Storm. It was because it was Jamie Hayter's turn. And that's why she's my outside looking in. Right. But for consistently holding it down as the interim champ, which now is the real champ, I'm putting Tony Storm. Tony Storm is one I didn't consider. I'm going to be honest with you because honestly, it just kind of felt like she almost got overshadowed. Like I think probably mm -hmm. could have, could have mm -hmm. been in those spots. I put, and I don't even like this company, but I gave it to Bianca Belair. We had a 260 day plus plus 60, you know, 260 plus day title reign. Uh, she had big feuds with Bailey, Becky Lynch at WrestleMania. She won the Elimination Chamber, was in the first ever women's war games match. Uh, I think she always performed at top-notch athleticism and professionalism. Uh, she was so good delivering in everything that she asked or was asked of her that I think it helped WWE make the decision, as we may be seeing, to move on from Sasha Banks because she's everything Sasha Banks has been trying to be years so i won't giving it to bianca belair because i just feel like as i said like a fucking talk about a workhorse and delivered every time could hold the title could not people fans seem to love her a lot of mainstream folks understand who bianca belair is now like oh, yeah. which is more than i would have thought so I'm, I'm giving it to bianca belair i think she had a hell of a year great choice great yeah. choice yeah I, I again another if we had a debate you would probably win but yep. i just think the position that Tony Storm was in and having to perform and then not getting booed out of the arena. I think that was yeah. what put it. Jeffrey Sills said this women's division is looking or is lacking stardom. I think a cross promotional pay-per-view would be fire. Discovery did want Tony Storm to make more pay-per-views. And so, I mean, yeah, I mean, Tony Storm's definitely got an appeal. I mean, she's charismatic. I think people like Tony Storm. And I mean, I don't think there's anything, there's no negatives, it. right? When you see her, you're not yeah. like, Oh, if she would just step it up here, you don't see anything like no. that. So yeah, more I think her presentation, the, theme music or wrestling style yeah. that booty bomb straight to the face looks like it hurts i mean i like her a lot yeah now we may have a consensus on this one in the 2022 table awards the best tag team of the year i'm giving it to I ftr mean, Ooh, 
Not only was FTR the tag team in 2022, however, you might say they've had one of the best years of any tag team ever. Triple A champions, IWGP champions, Ring of Honor champions, some of the biggest feuds with the biggest teams worldwide. It's hard to not at least give, if you're giving it anybody else, to not say FTR was at least 1B. So I'm giving it to FTR. Yeah, that's my outside looking in is FTR. Okay. Look, the feud, the three match mm-hmm. feud with the Briscoes, oh. the match on Dynamite against the Young Bucks, winning mm-hmm. the IWGB, winning the AAA as kind of a heel team and then turning it into something real. The run that they've had, the music, the presentation, the t-shirts, fight like an eight-year-old, all of it was outstanding. And if you recall, when we did our top tag teams of the year, I put FTR at number one. But Tim... You ain't beaten scissoring. It's a movement. Random fans. When you get random fans out in the wild and you do this and then the other one does it with you, that's something you can't deny. And so for me, scissoring did take the world by storm, but I just felt like from a tag team wrestling perspective, trust, but more on, more on the acclaimed as we get into our matches here. Trust me. Yes, if I'm re-watching the two tag teams, whose yeah. matches I'm watching more of, it's FTR. But if I see you out at a Walmart and we happen to pass each other in aisle six, I'm doing this and you're doing this and we're doing this together. 100%. Like, yeah. All right, so that's kind of a, like our singular table awards. We're going to get into the top five matches here. What do you want to do? You want to go bottom up, list some honorable mentions? I've yeah. got two honorable mentions. Okay. Go ahead. My two honorable, we'll honorable mentions. mentions. Yep. I'm going to give you both of my honorable mentions. Uh, Jeffrey Sills in the chat says, I'm, I'm going to disagree with you guys. Two of the best AW tag matches had swerve in our glory. Ooh, well, stay tuned, Jeffrey Sills, as we get into our top five matches. My, my honorable mention number two, coming in at number seven on the list, is Seamus and Gunther at Clash of the Castle. Mm-hmm. Well, you want to talk about physicality. Big meaty men slapping meat. And just a train wreck where you're like, watch these two people beat the shit out of each other. This was the match, right? I mean, this was just a beat down left to right. My honorable mention number one, coming in number six on the list, is FTR Briscoe's three in the double dog collar match. Uh For the same reason, right? This was just say, hey, you want to watch these people beat the shit out of each other? If I'm being a little bit honest, it might have went a little long. And I just, you know what I mean? Like, I felt like, I'm like, okay, we could have wrapped this up a little bit ago. And it also just didn't have enough lead up. Yes, we had the two matches prior. And that's how it was supposed to kind of go together. But, like, I kind of forgot, right? It was, for the third match, it was like, hey, remember we did that a couple months ago? Yeah, well, fuck you. Yeah, well, fuck you too. All right, double dog collar match, right? It was like, whoa, guys, right? Which is somewhat realistic, right? Like, there's a lot of. Built up hatred, but it, to me it was well, just kind of like the man, goes for mm. sure. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of like was, oh, like oh, it was like a throw on. All of a sudden, one of the greatest match of the year contenders, but it was just kind of out of left field, which is kind of why I think it's on the outside looking in. What do you got for your outside looking in on the matches of the year? I'm gonna surprise you because I don't mm. think it's one you even think of because I think his big moment was returning at WrestleMania. But fuck that shit. My outside looking in, I got a couple here. My outside looking in is Cody Rhodes versus Sammy Guevara at Beach Ah, Break. yeah, yeah, yeah. The ladder yeah. match. Okay. Well, that was a great match. For the TNT yeah. Championship. Mm-hmm. That's one of my outside looking ends. 
The other one, and this pains me because I think if we had the guy now in charge, it probably is number one, if I'm being honest with you, but the camera work was such dog shit that it took it outside looking in, took it all the way to outside looking in. Yeah. But that is anarchy in the arena. Mm -hmm. I thought the yeah. music playing, all of it, but we missed so much. Yeah, I didn't camera. get anarchy in the arena on my list at all for that same kind of reason. I was like, ah, first of all, it made me think too much of the stadium stampede. And I was just like, oh, man, like I know you guys really delivered funny. a lot here, but it wasn't yeah, but funny. It wasn't right. Yeah, funny. it was a different angle, yeah. which was the right angle to take. But it just kind of left a little to be desired. Jeffrey Sill says, I just saw that Gunter Sheamus match again, and I like Jericho Ishii match better. Well, I'll tell you, the Eddie Kingston Ishii fucking chop fest that we saw live from floor seats because we're because well, Tom's a baller. Uh, <laughs> Tom was like, I'm buying his floor seats. Fuck these tickets we already uh, have. Yeah. And I was like, hey, whatever you want, money bags. I'm along for the ride. Uh, and then I, got a third, I got a third one. Mm -hmm. I got a third outside looking. Okay. Back. But it wasn't it wasn't a match. It was more the result of oh shit, this is incredible. But it's MJF versus CM Punk in Chicago, the dynamite match where MJF beat him twice in Chicago. Yeah. And again, if you remember where Wardwell walks up and does the stare down, but in the back he's handing the diamond ring to MJF. MJF then hits him uh in the back of the head. He yeah. beats CM Punk in Chicago. Not a great match, but oh shit, you didn't expect that going into the night. So those are my three. Yeah. I had three. There you go. All right, number five on my list. I'm throwing in Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch at WrestleMania. I think until the stuff that happened afterwards left a lot to be desired with the like Bailey returns with a random group. But I thought the match there, and especially knowing Becky Lynch was clearly injured and finishing out the match, I think just from a storytelling kind of left or right as like just a standalone match you could start that match for folks and be like watch this wrestlemania match and they were mm -hmm. great performances all around i'd give that a solid number five match of the year my number five was mentioned and maybe it was because i was in person i've watched it back and it was just as great but again maybe it was because i liked it a little bit more as great as jericho and ishii was the intensity of this match and why i put it more at, over than gunther and walter and sheamus is because of the believability, even oh. though those guys were awesome. But Eddie Kingston versus Ishii at All Out, the pre-show. The fucking ricocheting fucking slaps. And, the, and oh. the intensity, because when they were going at it, both of them matched it with the 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 veracity. Yeah. The like, yep, we're going to fucking so, go at it. And not so to like why. brag about our seats, but we were so close where like, you know, they're up in the ring, but like they look just as like life sizes if they were standing right next to us. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, and it was just seeing the sweat fly off when they would give a chop to the chest and then just like, God damn it, I'm going to fucking kill you. <laughs> like, you could tell the that they were like, red. You motherfucker. Like, yeah, like, yeah. like the where they invited each other, just like, chest. hey, hit me as hard as you can, but know that like, I'm going to be bad. And the only way I'm going to have to get it out is to hit you back as hard as I can. And mm -hmm. Jeffrey Seal says that match slapped literally hey oh um hey. all right my number four match of the year this is one i don't see people referencing a lot but i think we forget was a pivotal moment in 2022 and it's moxley versus wheeler yuda on rampage april 8th we're talking the fucking blood pulsing out of the forehead the birth of the blackpool combat club logo great stuff out of these two and wheeler yuda coming into his own if we were like oh shit like if we were to rename the pillars of aew we might have to consider a Wheeler Yuta 
I like it. We're in agreement. That's my number four. Oh, all right. Look at this. Consensus number four. Versus uh, John Moxley. Yeah. I think that was a star-making performance. I think the most important thing there that maybe is getting overlooked is Yuta had to be damn near perfect. If there was any misstep by him, it all falls apart. Moxley could have done his thing because he's the veteran. And, oh, if he forgets something, he didn't take the guy serious. So you could write it off as like, fine. But if you'd have fucked up at any spot in that match, it all falls apart. But the the yell, the blood sport yell when he's seen the blood in his hands and he's covered on his face. I mean, that they made a yeah. T-shirt out of it for Christ's sake. Yeah. yeah, and my number three is one that I kind of I look. I wish I wasn't talking about this match because, as we discussed, it was irresponsible, and I wish they wouldn't kind of enable this kind of thing. But the Rhodes versus Rollins at Hell in a Cell when Cody Rhodes showed up with that thing and I was like how are they going to do this and they built an entire match around it and Seth Rollins looked brutal looked evil but still kept Cody Rhodes as safe as possible I mean these are things that only two grizzled veterans could pull off and had to be top notch performers and these guys delivered hardcore in what had to be the shittiest situation imaginable delivered Mm -hmm. to them All right, so my number three even though my whole list has been AEW because there's one promotion I prefer over the other, I will include a WWE match. And it was the most fun match they put on. At SummerSlam, Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. I mean, there was the fucking mic toss that Roman Reigns just caught. That moment in itself was fucking cool. The goddamn ring was lifted up. Oh, yes. And you saw, I, I saw some of that back when WWE decided to do a clip show, even though they were doing a live event show at the same time at Madison Square Garden, which is weird. Um, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, everybody acted like, oh my God, we've never seen anything like this. And I'm like, we've seen a thousand things like this where WWE brings in a a vehicle into the arena and like does some kind of big spot with it. I'm like, well, We've seen it. Now, what I will say is when watching it back is they couldn't have practiced this because, like, they're not going to break a ring just to practice. So Brock had to be able to lift that thing just enough that, that Roman could safely tumble out of and not flip it over and not break it into a thousand pieces. So Brock had to know how to work that tractor, which we're all assuming it does. But, like, well, you know what I mean? It, it, was, it was iffy. There was, there was a lot of room for error, and they didn't get into that gray zone. And the variable that I don't think is uh... – uh, appreciated it enough is it was fucking Brock Lesnar. Do you think Brock Lesnar considers anyone? Yeah. Like Brock well, Lesnar. And he kind of, like, the first time he hits it, it kind of shoves and he's like, oh, 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 oh. If he would have missed that and just kept flooring it, we might have been talking about a dead Roman Reigns right Yeah. Now. So, now, yeah. It falls down a little bit because of the finish. Because as we talked about, last man standings in WWE have turned into how can I just not let this person can I stand avalanche up? the person under a barrage yeah. of junk? Yeah. But it was the dumbest, funnest match that I think WWE put well, in. Well, and then so we got uh, Theory with a failed cash-in attempt. Yep, Theory <laughs> cash-in Well, it wasn't attempt. even failed. It was like he couldn't even get the cash-in done right. because he kept – Yeah, it was weird. Um, And, and I it really – Like, can you imagine the people that were ringside where the thing gets lifted and then, like, they don't get to see any of it and you spent, like, you know – hundreds of dollars on floor seats i think i might have been asking for a fucking refund but anyway my number two match of the year was punk versus mjf2 dog collar match aew revolution that was a great one that was 
Yeah. I mean. I mean, strangling him, like saying, I'm about. the snake, the blood, yeah. as we talked about, the origin story buildup, all of that jazz, the payoff. I think we were a little, well, this was Punk MJF 1, wasn't it? The Dark, no, that was 2, right? This is the one MJF 1? I'm forgetting the order now all of a sudden. No, this is the one that Punk won, the dog collar right. match at Revolution. Right. The first, yes, the first one, one was right. when he beat him twice. Which is where I Chicago. think we were like, ah, uh, Jeffrey Sills says WWE is so bad. Why do people still watch it? Look, brother, we've been asking that question for. If anyone uh, can give us an answer. All of 2022. If we had a theme of, of the special announcement, is, is why? <laughs> Fucking why? That's been well, our theme. I will, side note, before we get back to our list, I will give anyone a free Spanish announce table shirt from Pro Wrestling Tees. That Tom orders, you, so you're guaranteed to yes, get it. <laughs> if if you can either write us tableshow at gmail.com or send in a video submission to tableshow at gmail.com and explain to me why you're still watching WWE, I'll send you a shirt. Send you a shirt for free. You if they send to... anything to you or like a good reason that makes you go like, okay, I understand. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Okay, something right. that convinces. If you yes. convinces me like as to why, like, yeah. okay, you're not dumb for still watching WWE. Exactly. Then, yeah. yeah. Yeah, if you convince me here. Oh, so you can. We'll, I, I can easily be convinced as to why you might still go to a live event, right? I could hear that all day. Like, oh, I'm going to bring the kids. We're going to go get some merch. We're going to watch some things. Like, I get that. Like, because, of course, it's a circus. I think we've argued sometimes that's part of the problem is they're writing to that live theater audience and not necessarily the week over week television viewer sometimes right oh, it's more of a I, big top rolls into town and then they go off to the next thing and do it again and fucking you yeah, know what i mean like it's, it's just lazy like, yeah exactly right so so let me clip we we can clip this we'll put this on our social media here here's the clip here so if you can write or send in a video submission to tableshow at gmail.com convincing us why you're legitimately still interested in watching wwe we will send you a shirt free of cost. You don't have to pay for shipping. You don't have to pay for the shirt itself. We will send you that shirt free of cost. I like it. All right. So now we're going to get into each other's top wrestling match. Two. No, no, no. I got. Uh, oh, you got number two still, got, huh? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Who's your number, number two? two? So my number two was one of your outside looking in. Watching it live, though, FTR versus the Briscoes, the double dog collar match was absolutely brutal i didn't know who's gonna win that's another part of it is it was a 50 50 toss-up i didn't know if ftr or the briscoes were gonna win like for example cm punk and mjf at the revolution pay-per-view i mean again aw yeah. can throw a left turn anytime they want but typically we kind of knew it was gonna be cm punk here because of right. the previous match in chicago but this one i had no idea on and again for for Cash to be reaching out as Dax is getting cross-faced with the dog collar and just passes out as he's trying to grab for cat. I mean, the story. And then yeah. the Briscoe brothers just being chicken farmers who want to fucking kill people and chickens. Like, they're awesome. So they that's number awesome. two for me. I love the fucking Briscoes. So my number one match of the year. And I say this because I feel like if it's not your number one match of the year, I question how you watch pro wrestling because I feel like this match as it happened and unfolded embodied everything it means to be a pro wrestling fan. The, the crowd involvement, the storyline leading up to it, the anticipation of that match. And unfortunately the disappointment at the end 
of the acclaim versus Swerve in Our Glory at oh. All Out. Tom, the moments where we were on the edge of our seat, where our heart was broken, where we were fucking cheering, where we were viscerally screaming at folks, where we were stealing chants, I know we were there. But like even watching it back live, it's just like this is what being a longtime pro wrestling fan is. All those things paying off to be in a magical moment that couldn't exist outside of all of those 17 things kind of happening over the course of existence to leading us to this moment. It was one of my favorite pro wrestling moments of all time, and it was mm-hmm. definitely, for me, the match of the year. Acclaim versus Swerve in our glory at All Out, even though the ending was disappointing. That's a fantastic match. I think if I would have made the list a little longer, that's definitely in there. But for me, the number one match was also at All Out. Mm. It also had fantastic storytelling. It also had a who knows who's going to win kind of feel going into it. But it's for the inaugural trios championships, Mm. the elite versus the dark order and hangman. Really? Okay. We had so much involved in this. First off, you had hangman begrudgingly telling the dark order to not take the shortcuts to beat the elite because we're better than that. Then we had the face-to-face, oh my God, this is the first time since the previous November, Kenny Omega, Hangman Adam Page, after their whole feud from the previous year, now here they are face-to-face. Then we had the Young Bucks, who initially asked Hangman to be their partner, not Kenny Omega, Hangman rejecting them, that dynamic, and then Hangman, again, the best babyface one a one b eddie kingston's also up there but for then hangman adam page because what's lost in the whole all-out fallout bullshit brawl stuff is what i think would have been an awesome story but if you recall the finish of that match was hangman fucked up he messed up he hit john silver and the elite got the victory Mm. by pinning john silver as hangman was being restrained and having to watch it that is theater that right there is spectacular that's why it's my number look one. at this we've got things all over the board here i think of these table awards were great right like we've got yeah, some, we've got some good splits we've got some good things that neither of us even remembered uh he's uh jeffrey still says no elite versus united empire or the first elite versus dark triangle again i think our our typical motive is not to go with the more young buck style what we call hold your hand wrestling right where it's a lot of the flips and shits some of these matches stick out to us. I think when Hangman gets involved, we're a little more, it brings that tone down a little bit. I think we like that. Mm-hmm. We're a little bit more on the, like, honestly, like, we didn't always hate tr- JR when he said slow it down a little bit, right? Like, like timing is an issue where it looks too fake sometimes for us when they go too fast. So I think that's why maybe some of those sit on the outside well, looking in. But Well, yeah, it's outside looking in. What I would say about both of those matches is, to your point, uh, Jeffrey Stills, the Elite versus United Empire empire had the built-in will osprey kenny omega Mm -hmm. what the fuck but to me and then this is why i put hangman dark order versus the elite over that and then over some other matches obviously but is the aussie open and the young bucks have like they're just yeah they're ancillary yes like that was another one where well the feud was osprey kenny omega which yeah 
New Japan in 2023. Exactly. You might see something there. And that's the feud that was built in. And even for somebody like me, who, like, I, I know the whole, like, hey, let's get Osprey versus Omega is going to be a big-time deal because I know what those names represent. But I also know, like, look, man, I might have seen two or three Will Osprey matches in my life. Prior to AEW, I might have seen the same amount of Kenny Omega matches in my life. So to me, it was just kind of like, sure, when they came up and they were like, let's do this, it was like, oh, yeah, I've heard of this. But it was like, let's do this. All right, next week we're doing this. And it was like, whoa. <laughs> right? Like, there wasn't right. a whole lot of buildup for me, the fan who hadn't seen all this before. Now, maybe shame on me. I'm willing to admit that. But that's why maybe it didn't make my top list. And the first Elite versus Dark uh, or Death Triangle match was pretty great. And I'm not going to say it wasn't. And the finish was pretty um, surprising. Yeah. But I think if we're writing down the best matches in this series so far, and we haven't got match seven, so maybe we're not. Uh, just correct yet but it's the chicago match where the elite just clown on cm punk the entire fucking time and and for me just to like all i can think about anymore when i see lucha bros and young bucks together is that cage match so now like it's gonna be a while it's gonna be a while before i remember that when i see these two and so like again like i I, I might honestly think that was the best cage match i've ever seen and so it was just like man yeah but yeah so that's why these are great though yeah, but for me, the stories is what, because I also see your comment, Jeffrey Stills, about uh, Hangman didn't have a lot of matches. True. I don't, I, you could have one match and I might put it at my favorite. Me, it's the story. And with that, Dark Order, yeah. Hangman, and the Elite, because also, if you'd recall, that was the return of Kenny Omega with the mm-hmm. Elite at a pay-per-view. Like that was a well, and this is what I love about these conversations, right? Jeffrey Sills is getting involved in it. You too can get involved in it. You can join us live on the YouTube chats, and we'll be saying it live as you say it on the podcast, YouTube live stream, whatever you want to call it. But you can also hit us up on the Twitter table show or at table show. You can hit us at table show at gmail.com. Give us your breakdown of these awards that we gave out. What would what would your table show awards have been if I fired Tom and put you in the uh, in the co-host seat? Right here, or if Tom fired me, put you in the co-host. If it was Frank and Tom, what would your <laughs> or whatever your fucking name is, right? Fucking Tucker, whatever fucking Tucker and Tom of the Smash Nasty, what would be your uh table awards? Hit us up on tableshow at gmail.com. Tom, this has been a great show, a great year. Uh I had a blast watching wrestling this year. We went to all out, we've been to various events throughout the year. We've been to some local shows, we went to a GCW show got a gcw shirt we oh, met the nick man the king gage. the god of this shit nick fucking gage god damn, love his energy so cool fucking love his energy god damn it god have you even washed since you fucking hugged him <laughs> like i just no nope. yeah. like look at this beard does look like i've washed yeah. <laughs> so hit us up like we said all the other places go on SpanishNounceTable.net. You can find links to our shirt. You can buy our shirt on Pro Wrestling Tees, which means we're authentic, right? We're official. You can donate money on the PayPal, or you can just use Cash App. It's Spanish Announce Table. Pretty simple. Help us out so we can keep delivering this to you in 2023. And I think uh, that's maybe it, right? Maybe that's all we've that's got it, until man. 2023. Let's see you in 2023, buddy. We'll see you later. The Spanish Announce Table. Meow, meow, meow.